Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the February 2nd Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen. With me is Catherine Weeks, staff liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. We will work alongside the chair to facilitate uh, tonight's meeting's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself when not actively speaking. Please keep your video on for the duration of the meeting. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. There will be no screen sharing of new materials tonight uh, as a part of this meeting. All attachments, reference materials, and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. The chair will call for in-person and virtual comment for those who wish to speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. Uh, at this point, I will turn it um, first over to Catherine for some further instructions. Good evening, Commissioners. Catherine Reek, staff liaison. Uh, so this evening, our chair, Barry Zielinski, has asked if the vice chair, Adam, can run the meeting because... For continuity purposes, last meeting, we had some internet connectivity issues and, you know, Barry is not comfortable interrupting the meeting. Um, Adam has agreed, and as you all voted for chair and vice chair, that's one of his roles to fill in uh, when the chair is unable, as long as there are no objections. And if there are no objections, we can continue with vice chair running the meeting. If you have comments or objections, we can hold a quick vote um, if necessary. So if there are no objections, we can kick it to the vice chair to open us up. So I see no objections. Uh, we'll go ahead and kick it to our vice chair, Adam uh, Rankin, and he can get us going on the meeting. All right, I guess um, first thing is can um, staff call roll uh, to determine if there's quorum? Yes, definitely is on Catherine Week. Uh, Hill? Present. Herod? Present. Rankin? Present. Shalinsky? Yeah, I'm here. Matthews? Present. Palos? Present. Okay, there is quorum this evening. Thank you. All right, I guess the next order of business is. Um, seeing if there's any communication to come before the board. Staff on Catherine Week, we have no additional communications that have come before the board. We believe everything we have received has been uploaded to your packet this evening. All right, and is there any items that are going to be um, deferred? Uh, we have no items this evening that will be deferred. Oh. And you might ask for the ex parte disclosure. Um, if there are any. Oh, yeah. Is there any uh, disclosure of ex parte communications um, for specific agenda items? I'll take that as, as no. And so then we can proceed with our loan agenda item um, public hearing. Um, considering a request for variance number B23000004, um, yeah. can we have staff um, proceed with their presentation? Yeah. 
Before we get into the the item, there's one other question um, is whether or not there are any abstentions. I don't think there are, but we should probably just ask that question before we move on. Oh, um, extensions. Are there any extensions on uh, like this agenda item? I'll take silences though. Um, All right, are we ready now for? Yeah, we can have staff proceed. Thank you. All right, thanks. Okay, good evening, board members. Luke Mortensen, Planner of Planning Development Services Department. As Vice Chair Rankin has noted, public hearing item number one is a variance request from the off-street parking standards as found in Article 9 of the Land Development Code. The specific request is to increase the maximum distance an off-site parking area may be located from its associated building or use from 600 feet to 2,115 feet for a proposed sorority house redevelopment located at 1630 Oxford Road. I'll now briefly run through the five review criteria. I'll also note that this applicant previously submitted and withdrew a multi-part variance request for this property. Staff has received and the board must consider this variance request um, completely new and independent of the previous variance request. Criteria one focuses on unique conditions based in platting or zoning. This variance originates from the applicant's desire to demolish an existing sorority house structure and replace with a new larger sorority house structure at 1630 Oxford Road. The subject property is currently an unplatted parcel. However, it is midway through the major subdivision process. This is a two-step process to plat and record the subject property as a proper lot of record. This applicant obtained variances from the right-of-way with standards at the January Planning Commission meeting. Unless there are any easements or rights of way proposed for dedication or vacation, the second step of the major subdivision will be the administrative review and approval of the final plat by Planning and Development Services staff. That process is underway at this time. The anticipated lot of record will be similarly shaped to adjacent sorority and fraternity house uses, especially the sorority house use directly abutting the subject property to the east. The subject property is zoned RMG district. That's our multi-dwelling residential Greek housing district. Very few land uses are permitted in the RMG district. Sorority house is a permitted use. The applicant has proposed an off-site accessory parking use that would be located on a vacant platted lot on Sigma New Place to be addressed as 1514 Sigma New Place. The proposed off-site parking area would satisfy a portion of the sorority house's off-street parking load. 1514 Sigma New Place should not be considered for conditions of uniqueness. Staff believes the applicant's major subdivision application will bring the subject property into compliance with the subdivision design standards as expressed by the Land Development Code and does not exhibit unique conditions based on its platting and zoning. Criteria 2 focuses on potential adverse effects upon the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. In staff's opinion, the requested variance would not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. Increasing the maximum distance between a principal use at 1630 Oxford Road and its accessory offsite parking area at 1514 Sigma New Place would not restrict adjacent properties from continued operation of their existing code compliant land uses. Neighbor notice to property owners and neighborhood organizations within 400 feet was provided. Please note that some written communications were received, um, I believe today and yesterday, and I believe they both are in support. So please um, check at the bottom of the agenda packet for those. 
Criteria three focuses on unnecessary hardship as defined by our land development code. Staff does not believe that requiring the applicant to, comp to comply with the offsite parking area distance standards constitutes an unnecessary hardship as defined by section 20-1701 of the code, which I've included in the staff report. Article six of the land development code expresses occupancy limits by zoning district. The RMG district is special in that its occupancy limits are set by the intensity of the fraternity or sorority house use. The number of lawful live-in members is determined by how many code-compliant off-street parking spaces can be provided. This variance to increase the distance between the subject property at 1630 Oxford Road and a proposed off-site accessory parking area would allow the applicant to increase the subject property's occupancy since the 1514 Sigma Nu property could provide required off-street parking spaces. The Land Development Code standard of unnecessary hardship requires that the code's regulations deprive owners of their basic property rights or make it so that no code compliant use can be established. Staff believes granting this variance would be a mechanism to increase the occupancy of the subject property rather than mitigate an unnecessary hardship as defined by our code or equalize the development rights of the subject properties, uh, excuse me, of the subject property's owners against other properties in the same zone or district. Criteria four focuses on adverse effects on public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting the proposed increase in distance between principal land use and accessory offsite parking area would not adversely affect the previously listed items. Granting this variance would allow the applicant to provide additional code compliant off-street parking spaces that could remove vehicles from the Oxford Road right-of-way. This could support neighborhood safety and convenience. Additionally, the proposed route is located entirely on sidewalks within the public right-of-way. Portions of the route are lit uh, by overhead city lighting. The proposed route would be the most safe, legal, and practical route from the subject property to the proposed off-site accessory parking area. And the fifth and final criteria focuses on the general spirit and intent of the code. Staff believes that the variance request to increase the distance between principal use and accessory offsite parking area satisfies the general spirit and intent of the code. The applicant would need an administratively approved major site plan for both the parking area and the, and the proposed sorority house redevelopment. This includes full compliance with items like landscaping, lighting, surfacing, parking area setbacks, and parking space dimensional standards. An agreement between the applicant and the owner of 1514 Sigma New Place would be reviewed by the city attorney's office prior to recording uh, at the Douglas County Register of Deeds. If access to the offsite parking area were ever removed, the applicant would need to revise the 1630 Oxford site plan and could no longer have as many lawful live-in members. Both major site plans, one for the subject property and one for 1514 Sigma New Place, would be administratively re reviewed and approved by planning staff. Staff would not release site plan approvals or building permits until both site plans are compliant with the Land Development Code. Staff believes the, rev the review authority provided via the major site planning process ensures the specific intents of the RNG district, the off-street parking standards, and the variance process would be met. To conclude, staff does not believe the proposed variance request satisfies all five decision-making criteria as expressed by section 20-1309 of our code. Therefore, staff recommends denial the variance, uh, excuse me, of the request for variance from section 
D1 to increase the maximum distance an offsite parking area may be located from its building or use from 600 feet to 2,115 feet for the property address of 1630 Oxford Road. As always, um, I'm available to stand for questions and then our applicant and a number of um, uh, members of this application are on the Zoom tonight as well. All right, thanks. Um, so I guess next we move over to the applicant if they have any comments on the matter. Yes. Uh, one oh, quick sorry, question. Yeah, just making sure you don't have any current questions for staff before we move to the next step. And you may not, so. Catherine, Luke, we okay to proceed? Yep. All right. Go ahead, Darren. Thank you. Well, initially, good evening, uh, Chair and BZA Commissioners. My name is Darren Ammon. I'm a landscape architect with Bartlett and West, and I've been helping the Tri-Delta members and the various uh, different owners on the team here, uh, and some of which are going to speak uh, along with their design plans and this BZA variance request. Initially, I want to just say thank you for the opportunity to present to you tonight, um, but we are at a very critical point. Thanks to Luke and Catherine and Jeff Crick and all of the, the planners that, that I work with and have for the past 20, 20 years. Uh, <laughs> they, have they have a tough job in what they're doing. And I understand that, you know, it's their job to apply code compliance and look at these five different factors. But in this particular instance, I respectfully disagree with the recommendation of denial that this isn't a hardship and this isn't a unique situation where this variance is needed. Um, Luke, if it's okay, would you be able to put the uh, the timeline up on the screen while I walk through some of this? Um, I'm going to take a few moments here before others on our team are going to speak as well, and Luke will be pulling up the time the timeline that's been included in your packet. But I think it's really important here for us to tell a little bit of the story of how we got to this point and why we're requesting this very unique and specific variance. Because I want to point out that this wasn't done in a vacuum. We didn't just submit this variance at the beginning of the month, last month, and here we sit 30 days later, and we didn't try our hardest to get to where we are today. So I think telling this story a little bit will help under, help you understand how we got to this point and why we're requesting this in this very unique situation. Initially, you can see on the, the timeline that's in front of you is that this started almost six months ago. There was an initial pre-application meeting with city staff that brought to their attention what the Tri-Delta wished to do on their existing property. Keep in mind their existing property has been in this location and site plan for decades. It is 0.92 acres in size, which is less than one acre, of course, but in today's standards to try to do some of the things you need to do when you redevelop would take a, a larger piece of property, but they're surrounded in an existing neighborhood and development, and this is the property that they're 
within and are looking to redevelop, uh, redevelop excuse me. Uh, after the initial pre-application meeting, which was done by the owners, uh, they engaged myself and our team to help them get through the city of Lawrence process. And we have various things. This BZA variance request is only one step of many, as Luke had mentioned as well, that we're going through. Um, when we got engaged with the design team, we came up with the very first concept that we looked at to try to help them with their site. Uh, and that was really understanding how we could maximize some of the parking, get the house on there and take all of those things into account. We had a neighborhood meeting on October 12th of last year. There was approximately 12 members that attended that meeting. We got lots of different feedback and heard the concerns from the neighborhood. Because one of the things I brought to the attention of the ownership was we need to meet with the neighbors and understand their concerns right away up front so that we can find a harmonious solution to, to what they wanna do on the property. And that would work within the neighborhood for the long term. Once we put this concept together, we had a second pre-application meeting with the staff and heard some additional feedback. And we did hear from the neighbors when we presented the initial site plan that we put together, that parking in the area was a concern. This first site plan tried to achieve getting as much parking on the property as possible, along with the house and all the other elements. The only downside to that is it came with some set some some challenges from us. Is there was site back, uh, set excuse me setback challenges where we were pushing things right to the property line. We were not meeting buffer yards, landscape codes were not met, and we were asking for a reduction from the overall parking count. After these additional discussions. In order to meet timelines, we did submit, as Luke mentioned, a previous BZA uh, application. And that initial site plan had 15 different variances. It was because of all the different things we weren't meeting. We had more parking spaces on the property, but after subsequent conversations again with, with city staff, getting lots of different feedback from the neighbors on this particular plans, it was found real easy that this was not this was not going to be supported. It was not supported by staff. The neighbors did not like the setbacks being so close and all of the other items that we tried to accommodate on the site and it just wasn't going to work. So we we wanted to find something again that was in alignment with what we wanted to do and with try to get the codes in alignment with the vision of the property and the neighborhood. Ultimately, we uh, we deferred and then withdrew the application and went back to the drawing board. During the month of December, you can see there's some bullet points that I had noted on there a little bit. And I think it's important to point out that there was a significant amount of time and effort by our team working with city staff. There was conversations with myself and the planning director, Jeff Crick, along with Lucas and Catherine and others in trying to come up with a concept then that we could feel we could move down the path of finding something that was supportable. We also got additional feedback from the neighbors. Uh, Paula Martin, the president of the West Hills Neighborhood Association and others, I was in contact with almost daily for a while, getting uh, email or verbal conversations. So keeping the lines of communication open as we move down the path. As we 
ownership, uh, as we got to this second concept that was developed, and it felt like we were closer. There were still a few variances we were looking at we potentially would have to go after. But one of the ideas that came up is the ownership had talked to the adjacent Delta Upsilon uh, fraternity, which is just 200 feet to the north of the current Tri-Delta property. And they were amenable to having 25 of their parking spaces go uh, that we could lease and count toward our parking count to meet the code. We started down that path, but subsequently the DU fraternity decided that they could not, uh, could not part with those stalls. And then we were so somewhat back to the drawing board again, because we were trying to meet the parking count uh, of getting this to move forward. The ownership had other conversations with others in the area and finally was able to get a conversation started with the Sigma Nu fraternity, which owns the parking lot location for the accessory parking lot that we're showing that's in your packet today. And this, I would like to point out, is, is really the closest possible land in this area to even do greenfield development at this time. Because as you know, this is a long established neighborhood. There are not greenfield sites to do anything. And this property in and of itself is not ideal to build on. There's significant slope, there's trees. Uh, it's going to be costly for them to do that, but they were able to work on an agreement with the Sigma News to be able to put a future 80 to 85 stall parking lot at this location. When we had this in place, we revamped our concept slightly more to its current state that's within your packet right now. Uh, and that was submitted as a revised site plan back through the site plan process. Uh, the ownership had had additional discussions with Sigma Nu and has agreed to build a future parking lot uh, in this parcel at this time. And then we submitted the the current variance that we're asking to be approved that's in front of you tonight which is one variance what's what's a little bit unique here is we're asking for a variance that actually doesn't have anything to do with the property itself because right now with all the revisions we've made over the past multiple months we are it's not approved yet but we are code compliant with everything on the property it's just the distance because of the way it has to be looked upon is what we're requesting for tonight. So we had another neighborhood meeting um, with this concept in place with the accessory parking lot. Again, everything that's in the packet, the neighbors were very appreciative of getting everything into code compliance. We don't have setback issues. We're meeting the landscape code, the buffer yards, and getting as much parking on the property as we can. Uh, you will probably hear from some of those neighbors tonight and you will note that I think it's a, a pretty big step that we have support from the West Hills Neighborhood Association via the letter that's been provided and does request and agree to the granting of the variance that's in front of you tonight. So in the last couple items, and then we can probably take this down is we did have a planning commission meeting already for the plat. Lucas mentioned that briefly and that was approved unanimously for those items and then the site plan was was resubmitted. But in closing before before others on the team, 
uh, we'll, we'll speak about a few different things. I'd like to just point out a few key points as to why I believe this variance is really critical to being approved for our team to move forward. Throughout this presentation, and I wanted to walk you through this timeline, I've explained we've vetted numerous concepts, revisions, and options. We've been transparent through the process with the West Hills Neighborhood Association. I think the letter of support from them and others speaks to volumes to what I believe the process in Lawrence should look like when you're working with the neighborhood, coming to an agreement, finding support for something for a common goal that you can work with the neighborhood and show them that you can get done. We started with 15 variances and now we're down to one. And again, as I mentioned, it's not even actually on the property. It's because of the distance that we have to be uh, to look at in order to get from A to B. Within the distance criteria, we're talking about college students. These are, these are folks that are used to walking great distances every day and do currently just to get to campus from where they're located in the Greek housing. Uh, one thing that's a little bit unique to think about is while we have to show the right-of-way path, that's the 2,100 feet we're asking for, if you go as the crow flies and quite honestly cutting through the existing fraternity and sorority uh, properties from where Tri-Delta is to this property uh, for the new accessory parking lot, it is private, there's no easements, they do that today. It's less than 1,000 feet. And I'll guarantee you that's where most of the students are going to walk because they do it today or drive down high drive to get there. There's no floating easements in the world. There's no police out there identifying that you cannot go there. It will be the path of least resistance and they will take that path to get there. Uh, lastly, in that regard to the distance, there has been discussion already amongst the Tri-Deltas about ride sharing to get over for the girls that would park over there and the house mom giving additional rides if things like that need to happen while still you know, 60 to 70% of the parking is already adjacent and on the site that we're developing. Last couple things. It, is, it was noted in Lucas's presentation that staff does agree that this variance will not adversely affect the health, safety, morals, convenience, or prosperity of the general welfare of the public. Uh, again, it speaks that this really is an approvable variance that we're asking for and we really need to move forward. Uh, I'm not going to regurgitate everything in Ms. Martin's letter from the West Hills Neighborhood Association, but our team and myself, I totally agree with all the points she brought up in there. Uh, they again speak to why we believe this is an approvable variance. Uh, I guess the last couple items is while with any site plan or any other variance or anything you, you look at um, to approve within the city of Lawrence, understanding costs and financial impacts cannot be weighed I don't think that's something that should be forgotten in this particular instance either, is that it's not going to be cheap for the Tri-Deltas to develop this additional parking lot. It is a severely sloped treed lot that's going to take quite a bit of effort and cost to make this happen so they can succeed in their goal of having a new house at their existing location, but also benefiting the neighborhood. So that's something they didn't plan on when they looked at having a house upgrade here at the University of Kansas. So that is a substantial cost that they're taking on to make this happen, but they understand they need to do this to move forward. So from the city of Lawrence standpoint, 
this infill development, rebuilding on a site that already exists is something that's encouraged within the community as part of the strategic plans and goals, uh, goals, excuse me, they have no option to buy a greenfield site anywhere near here to do anything like this. So they're stuck with what they have, but it is supported and having infill redevelopment as a part of the city's overall goals. So is, is this a hardship with some of these items we're talking about and what we're facing here to get to the end? I believe it is. Uh, is this a unique situation? I, I certainly believe it is. It's not something I've even encountered in my, my career doing things like this with this situation. But again, with that, I'm gonna stop talking and thank all of you BZA commissioners for your time and service to our community. I, will, I do hope that you understand what we're asking for here today and will grant us this variance to move forward with this project for the local Tri-Delta girls that will be living in this house. So uh, I guess before we answer any other specific questions, I'll ask if there's others on the team that would like to speak for a couple of different points. Hey, Darren, this is Matt. I'd like to just to say a few things um, if, if that's possible. Um, my name is Matt Spearing. I'm the uh, project manager for um, Tri-Delta IM. Um, my company's name is the Kalos Group and I've worked uh, closely with uh, the ownership team and Darren um, and the architecture team on, on, on this project. As, as Darren mentioned, he's, he's laid it out, um, you know, the efforts that we've, we've gone through uh, to get to this point today. We have worked closely with the neighborhood and city staff in order to um, reduce the amount of variances from 15 um, down to one. Um, you know, this, as, as mentioned in, in um, previously, you know, this neighborhood is not only um, residential, but it's also um, has other um, Greek organizations and houses within this, the West Hills neighborhood. Um, as Darren mentioned, our property is less than an acre. Um, and so in order to um, provide the number of parking spaces for a chapter of 220 members um, is 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 virtually almost impossible to be able to build um, an appropriate structure for this organization. Um, so we have gone to to great effort in order to provide the best scenario for um, our client, but then also the neighborhood and and. Um, and the other Greek organizations as well, because hopefully we can um, be able to lease some additional spots to these organizations and get parking off the street as well. Um, but, you know, thank you for allowing us to come um, speak with you today um, and kind of lay out um, our situation. Um, and we're happy to, to answer any questions. So thank you. All right. Uh, thank you. Um, do any board members have any questions for the applicant? All right. I'll Take silence as no. Um, is there anybody from public? Um, either on Zoom? Or... 
definitely is on Catherine Week. We do have someone in the audience who would like to speak, and I'm not sure if there's anyone online. Luke can check for that as well. I'm Chris Nichols with Marland Construction, and we would be supportive of this project. Uh, the city's site development standards uh, need to be modified for certain circumstances that are beyond control. I believe this project fits into that situation. This project's also vital to the Tridel sorority and their needs, as well as in uh, it's vital to the University of Kansas. This plan and project doesn't adversely affect the neighborhood, as we've heard, and I believe its current requirements associated with the project meet the needs. This is Paula Martin. Is this an appropriate time to speak? Go ahead, Paula. I'm, I'm the president of the association and I've lived in West Hills for 36 years. Uh, the Tri-Delts are members of our association. We value them, um, but we are adamantly opposed to the first plan with the 15 variances. But we support their current efforts. They're an important part of our neighborhood. Um, I said most everything in my letter, but I want to add um, the, the good faith that has been shown in securing this ancillary parking. Um, I can imagine projects where the distance between the property and the parking could be significant. But in this situation, I think it's not. I think this is a very unique situation in the Greek community. And many of these sorority and fraternity members uh, walk this path every day. Um, West Hills encourages you to approve this variance. Thank you for the opportunities to speak and thank you for your service. Vice Chair Rankin, I'm not seeing any other Zoom commenters and we don't have anybody else in the room. All right, thank you. Um, and I guess with that, uh, we'll bring it back to the board for discussion. Uh, Vice Chair, this is uh, Catherine Weeks, Taff Liaison. You will need to take a vote to close the public comment oh. at this time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to be called roll to uh, close public vote. You'll take a motion in a oh. second first, yeah. Uh, this is Barry Shalinsky. I'd like to make a motion to close the public hearing part of this item. This is Tressa Hill. I'll second that. This is Stephanie is on Catherine Week. I can go ahead and call roll to take that vote. Hill? Yeah. Herod? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Yes. Matthews? Aye. And Palos? Aye. And it is now back to the board. This is Dean. I have a question for staff. And just is there some science about 600 feet uh, where that came from or is that just a standard that uh, is applied by most cities? 
I, uh, this has been in that 600 foot has been in the code since around 2006. So I personally am not sure how that number was selected. Um, I did want to make a point that um, while some specifically multifamily apartments and developments in town have shuttle services. Um, to my knowledge, those are shuttle services that would have provided be provided anyway to a place like campus. They're tip they're really not shuttling between accessory parking and principal uses. This is this is one of the more unique instances and in, uh, use of this code section that we've seen. Okay, thank you. So do I, do I understand correctly? It's one and three. It's the uniqueness, for example, the city agrees with uh, two, uh, two, four, and five. So how is this project, how is this property unique? Do you want me to answer that? Stephanie is on Catherine Week. Yes, that's correct. In the staff report, staff found that only one and three were not met. So if you wanted to focus your discussion points on those two and agree with staff and the other criteria points, then you could certainly focus your discussion in those two criteria. I did look at the maps for uh, city maps and also Douglas County maps. And this is not the only Greek uh, sorority fraternity house uh, that's on a lot of, oh, let's say 40,000 or less that borders on RS5. There were, uh, uh, the systems kept failing, the city in particular, the map system kept failing on me, but I did find at least three others around, uh, one near this particular house, uh, two over by the chancellor, all uh, that were, uh, two that were, uh, only 20 some thousand square feet. And I think the other one was like 35,000 square feet. So uh, I, I, the size and proximity to single family housing uh, zoning was not unique. Just to be clear, the 85 spaces are specifically for the sorority. They're not being shared with Sigma Nu. Did I understand that correctly? I'll let Darren jump in after, but uh, a portion of the accessory parking areas spots would satisfy 
try Delta's off-street parking use, and and if they chose to enter into agreements with other fraternity and sorority house users, that would be an agreement beyond our purview. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Darren Ammon, Bartlett and West, I guess I'd just add, Lucas, I, I think he answered your question, but yeah, the the difference in stalls that we need to make up is 32. So there'd be at least 32 that would be used for the Tri-Deltas. But they've agreed to build an 80-85 stall parking lot that would and could be used by others. And that would help the parking in the entire area, not just for the Tri-Deltas, but for others as well. Correct. One of the other, um, forgive me, because I was copying and pasting to a Word document, so I'm not sure what section this is from, um, but the paragraph is re, re, <clears throat> excuse me, regarding a legal binding agreement for the use of the parking. Um, I assume that's beyond our purview. Yeah, those agreements would be um, not just with off-site parking agreements, but with shared parking. Those agreements are more common. They are reviewed by the city attorney, and then they get recorded at the Register of Deeds with both properties. Okay. Just making sure I was clear. Thank you. Um, this is Darren Ammon, Bartlett & West. Luke, if I could, I don't know, can I... Uh, actually add or maybe try to answer a little bit of the comment about the uniqueness of the property that was brought um, up. They, Darren, they can ask, the board can bring it back to the applicant if they have okay. additional questions. Yes. But okay, thank yeah, you. Thank we'll you. wait till the chair does that. Yeah. Fair. Thank you. This is Dean. I'd, I'd like to hear what Darren had to say, if the other board members are okay with it. Is that okay, Catherine? Yeah, it, it might be appropriate for the vice chair to weigh in on that instead of staff, but yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with um, yeah, Darren speaking on the uniqueness. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair. I guess I just wanted to add, um, since this, what I do every day is site planning and work with all different types of properties, sizes, configurations, and challenges. And the only reason I was going to bring that up is what, what makes this unique is, is not that, you know, this is a square property. It's 0.92 acres, and that's the size that it is. But what's, what's unique and what makes this a hardship is that you think about the time when this house was originally developed 40 or 40 years ago roughly and the codes that we have today and how those are applicable to the size of a lot that you need to make a successful plan meet today's codes is way different than it was 40 years ago there was no such thing as 25 yard buffer yards 
all of the landscape amenities you need, the size of vehicles and the parking requirements based on occupants, even setbacks have increased significantly. So I guess my, my point is we try to work within the constraints of the code that were provided. And when your lot is the same as it was 30 or 40 years ago, uh, it does make it a significant challenge for owners and developers and others, whether it's a greenfield or a redevelopment as this such is as infill, to be successful and harmoniously marry all these things together. And I guess why we're asking for this variance so that they can redevelop within this neighborhood and continue what they're doing today by providing a safe and quality living environment that meets the codes on the property can provide this additional parking and, and, and they can move forward to have a nice house for these for these girls in a year and a half when it would be done. Uh, without the granting of this variance, uh, I'll be blunt and say I'm not sure how this moves forward uh, because we, we have vetted this in so many different ways that that's why we're asking for this to be granted, this one variance, the distance, uh, and then we can move on to the next step. So anyway, thank you. All right, thank you. Um, bringing it back to the board, is there any other discussion on any of the points? Either piggybacking on what staff has found, or you know, see if there's more to it that you know the staff may not have saw, saw initially. All right, so is the board someone ready to make a motion? Do we all know what we want to do or? This is Dean again, and I'm not ready to make a motion, but um, I I am impressed by the, the issue of uniqueness that, um, you know, what seems to have changed here is, is the regulations have changed. Uh, I don't know if that's unique. That's something that's a common occurrence, but uh, it seems that uh, it's put them in an awful awkward position of wanting to comply. Uh, I'm impressed by the support from the Neighborhood Association that all these years that they've been there, um, that they seem to get along very well, or get along at least. Um, and as far as hardship, if they don't get this, uh, they can't go forward. And um, again, I understand that this is something that they're wanting to do, that they brought this upon themselves somewhat. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that's progress. And, and uh, what they're trying to do and what they've succeeded in doing and in, in getting over an obstacle that is basically a dimensional issue of 600 feet versus 
2,100 feet, I think is admirable. So I, I think they've made gone to great efforts to address the intent of the regulations. So I'm, I'm, I will say this: I'm in support of the uh, request for variance. This is Tressa. I, I, I just don't. I don't get the uniqueness. I mean, I, I see this in in many of the projects that not just come before the board, but you know that are worked on in the city. It does take time there, and things do do change over time. I just don't. I, it doesn't catch. Those seem like arguments that everything that comes before the board that each one of the projects could use. So I'm, I'm searching maybe uh, incorrectly for something that makes the property unique. Um, Tressa, I sort of struggle with that also. Um, I also am uh, very impressed that um, this development team has put a lot of effort into working with neighbors to try to um, figure out a way to address a situation to everyone's satisfaction. Um, we see a lot of parking variance applications um, where this degree of engagement um, has not happened. And that certainly is something that I take seriously.
Are we ready to make a motion or does somebody else need to say have anything to say? We're very quiet tonight, so. I'll chime in. I, without saying more, I spent a lot of time in this area when I was a younger person here in Lawrence. Um, and I've also spent time in this area um, here in my, uh, my, my, in my later years as well. It's been my experience throughout that quite a bit of uh, off-street off parking, parking going on on Oxford Road, Sunset Drive, and Cambridge. And so I am really, really impressed that I don't see emails and letters from surrounding neighbors in our packet. I'm really impressed that association has signed off on this, but it's still, it somewhat defies my experience of this area where right now, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of off-street parking to be found during certain hours of the day on Cambridge, Sunset, or Oxford. And we're talking about adding 30 new bodies here to the Tridel house. And the other houses I may imagine will remain um, occupied as they are at these current levels. I do think that Darren's right. I think that the women are going to cut straight through um, high drive. There's no reason they wouldn't, you know. I mean, that's probably actually the safest path for them. Um, so I don't think they have to walk 2,100 feet to get to the parking. That's, that defies my experience as well. But I really, I wonder about um, 20, 21, 22-year-old woman wanting to walk from this lot down here to the to the north, we'd say up here to the north, over a thousand feet back to their sorority house. I just see them doing what they are what they're already doing is they want to park on Oxford, Sunset or Cambridge somewhere. And maybe somebody's gonna end up having to park um over on Sydney Place, but I really struggle with the idea that we're not going to see the parking on those residential streets in this area not get really slammed. I mean, I can tell you my daughters used to play soccer down here at the park at Sunset and Stratford, and even then the parking was coming all the way down Sunset to Stratford Road. Um, that's how overflowed it was. We're at it. We're talking about adding 30 new bodies to the Tridel house. I'm, I'm struggling getting my head around that. And in particular, then that means that's going to impact what condition four and condition five, I think at least of the conditions that we're supposed to analyze. So that's that's my thoughts.
am not someone who has spent a lot of time down in that area. What is the lighting? I'm just curious if there's all these young women, you know, in that area crossing, especially at night. Um, it doesn't affect my decision necessarily, but I think it's something certainly to be mindful of as we think about the amount, just just the you know, the distance they may have to, to walk. Um, I know most women are pretty good at buddy system, but that's not always um, realistic. So I was just curious. Most of the lighting is around High Drive and Emory Road. Um, it's not the city or it's not the municipal services and operations department's policy to light all local roads. So that's why it's it's not uncommon to have unlit local roads. Yeah, that's my, that's what I was kind of wondering. My but. experience years ago was the lighting wasn't terrible on High Drive then. It's probably better now. Um, wouldn't be my biggest concern. No, it's not mine. I mean, it is mine only because I'm, you know, the position I hold in the world. But um, it's just something I think just to be even just for the for the um, folks here who are contracting is just something to be mindful of. Um, but yes, I agree. Well, with regard to that issue, um, I think it's pretty clear that the um, most likely path of travel is going to be the thousand foot path, not the 2000 foot path. And um, my understanding is that that's basically all on private property. So I'm not even sure who would control that lighting. Um, but I agree that um, it's certainly something to be mindful of. Unfortunately, um, in the world as it is in which we live in it. Well, given the amount of silence, um, I would suggest to the chair um, inviting, um, well, she's Paula Martin to you, she's Judge Martin to me, <laughs> but I'd invite, uh, if the commission would allow it, I'd invite more comments from the Neighborhood Association president. Yeah, that sounds fun by me. Um, if if you have more comment, I'm going to hear it. Is that allowed? Judge Martin, you're you're free to go. All right. Um, <laughs> I do think it's a unique property. Um, I hadn't looked at as uh, had Ms. Hill. I was just relying on my many years in Lawrence, and I couldn't think of similar properties. Um, but on Oxford Road, 
this house is boxed in by single family homes. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's different than many situations where you're asking for that big of a variance in um, the feet from the main property. One, because there is another way that's a thousand feet, not the 2100 feet. Um, but two, um, there are so many sororities and fraternities that front Emory Road with their bag or the Sigma Nu place. Um, but those kids are walking all the time and those are both men and women. And there is lighting in their parking lots, which are to the, get my direction straight, to the west. So as you come around High Drive and you're going up towards Sigma Nu, you have their houses on the right, you have their parking lots on the left. And um, it's my recollection that the parking lots are lit. Um, I haven't gone over at night to look. I've walked in the area at night, but I guess I've never paid particular attention to it as I walked my dog because I didn't seem concerned uh, about my safety in that area. Um, I, I've been really impressed with what they've done as far as neighborhood engagement. And as I said earlier, we were adamantly opposed to their first one. They came back to the drawing board, they worked with us, but we want these girls to have a nice house. We want them to be able to expand their membership. Um, they have been a vital part of our neighborhood for decades. And if it's possible, to, well, the other thing is this not only provides the 30 some spaces that they need to accommodate their uh, hope for increased membership, it provides 50 more uh, for the other houses that are in that area. And I think that will significantly reduce the parking along Oxford, Sunset, and Cambridge. So I see it as a benefit to the neighborhood in terms of off-street parking. Although, you know, our kids commuting to campus from everywhere. So, uh, you know, maybe those kids then just fill up those places. But um, I see it as a real benefit to the neighborhood. And we really do want to accommodate the Tri-Delts and we're fully in support of the plan that has been put forth. And I think the ancillary parking addresses not only the concerns uh, for Tri-Delt parking, uh, but concerns for parking in general in the neighborhood. And I, I really hope you'll approve this. I'm happy to answer any questions if you have any. Vice Chair Rankin, I would just add, because we've been talking about the high drive route, the, the shorter route, um, we're not able to, staff was not able to um, analyze or consider that route. Um, the code requires that it be a safe, legal, and practical route. And so unless, uh, you know, a suite of easements or agreements were presented to us, we, were not, we weren't able to analyze that route. And so that's why we had to go the right-of-way option and, and um, had, had, you know, easements been obtained and presented, we could have um, looked at that, but, but they weren't. This is Stephanie is on Catherine Week. I might just add that that's not to say that in reality that is not the route that would be taken. It's just to say that staff from the city's perspective can't analyze something that's under under other ownership other than the applicant at this point, which is why the high the high drive was not analyzed by staff. So Okay, thanks. That's that's good to know. Um I guess bringing it back to the board is the 
Do we have uh, any more discussion? Any more questions? Any more holdups or? I'll just I'll I'll follow up with what I said, which is. I'm struggling with four and five, but at the same time, I have the neighborhood association here and a total lack of negative, you know, negative comments in my packet from the neighborhood. So kudos to the development team. And I would simply say, I remember years ago, I read something once about how large bodies of water moderate temperature you know, and so that's why you don't see a lot of snow, maybe next to, you know, some place in Oregon or Washington or something like that. And so I was, con con I was convinced that, well, that would also be true for things bordering Lake Michigan or Lake Superior, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you can imagine the first time I went to Chicago and experienced lake effects, you know, well, this isn't supposed to happen, but it's because I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> Vice Chairman, uh, with your permission, could I add something? But I won't speak unless given permission <laughs> to do so. Um, I guess, does the board want to hear? CD, saw thumbs up. I think that's it. So, sure, yeah, go for it. Okay, thank you, Vice Chair. I guess just want to say that I know this is a tough decision, and I guess, in my opinion, just seeing how unique of even the decision may need to be illustrates what what we were dealing with here. A hundred percent appreciate Miss Martin and and her comments, and and and. Mr. Herod, yours as well, because what you stated is exactly what we've tried to accomplish here was having an open line of communication with those most directly impacted besides those that are living in the house, which is the neighborhood. And, and as I've already mentioned, I really feel like we have exhausted every option to try to come to a solution to help this project see a successful end. And, and this is this is it. This is this is unique, and the number is what the number is for the distance because we're following the rules that we're given to play with from the code going along the public right away. Uh, I will say just briefly in terms of the lighting comment and those cutting uh, down High Drive. There's been a couple of new fraternities that were built along there in that the lower area adjacent to the homes, there's been more lighting. And I, I developed trails for communities and in Lawrence all over. And the good, the good thing that you wanna see is activity and lighting. You don't wanna have, a, you know, you don't want people walking down a dark trail, an area that's active, feels safe and comfortable for people to walk in. And, and that's that area because there are people walking around. It's, it's well lit, it's better than it was. So that, that area is safe too. Again, sidebar, it's not what we're really looking at here with the public right-of-way situation, but just making that as, a, as an additional comment. So 
anyway, I, I appreciate everybody's time. I know this is a tough decision. Hope we can hope we can get the approval to move forward. And I'd be glad to answer any additional questions that we still have not presented or answered. So thank you, everyone. I have a question real quick, simple question from anybody. So to make sure I'm reading this right, which one of the five, which of the five conditions is staff agreeing or met? Staff is agreeing that two, four, and five are met. Okay, so staff believes four, two, four, and five are met. So those Correct. four and five were the ones I was having trouble with. So, okay, thank you. This is Dean. I'm, I'm ready to make a motion for approval. So Dean, is that you making the motion or just stating that you're ready to make a motion? I am stating, you're, you're correct. I'm stating I'm making the motion to approve. And All right. We have one, we have a motion to approve the variance, right? Yes. To approve the variance, um, do we have a second? I'll second it. All right, staff, can you call roll? Yes, staff is and Catherine Week. Hill? Against. Herod? Uh, I'm sorry, we didn't hear that. Can you repeat I, your vote? Rankin? Nay. Shalinsky? Yes. Matthews? Yes. And Palos? Yes. So the motion does carry four to two. Thank you, everyone, including you, staff. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone. All right, thanks, staff. Um, now, I guess we move on. Is there any miscellaneous business for the board? This is staff liaison, Catherine Week. We do not have any miscellaneous items. I usually take this time to let you know if we have anything on the horizon. We do have one uh, item that will be on your next BZA uh, meeting, so we will be uh, having a, a regular meeting next month. All right, thanks. Um, and with no other thing, uh, no other items, uh, do I have a motion? Um, I'd like to just quickly say thank you, Adam, for um, stepping in and running the meeting tonight. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it running. I was stumbling every step of the way, so. Thanks to staff for holding my hand. Okay. And with that, I'll make a motion to adjourn. I second. All right. All right. Yep. Staff is on Catherine Week. Hill? I agree. <laughs> Herod? Aye. Rankin? Aye. 
Shalinsky? Aye. Matthews? Aye. Halos? Aye. All right. Enjoy your rest of your evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.